medical nutrition therapy is only a dietitian is skilled in that area where we go to school. We do 1,200 hours of supervised practice in different realms of nutrition, and one of that is called medical nutrition therapy under the umbrella of clinical nutrition. Right. Uh, we That really is, like I would say, the big signifier of what defines us, and as well as the education and the, and the hours of um, internship experience. Uh, but, yeah, we're the only ones that can go into the hospital and provide that kind of um, – advice, meal recommendations, um, and, uh, specifically around the tube feeding and, uh, like vein feeding. Uh, that's only, uh, that would say that, that, um, but yeah, so taking a state exam, 1200 hours of supervised practice, um, getting a bachelor's now getting a master's in dietetics or nutrition, uh, is what separates us from nutritionists who don't have any of that. But in, um, you know, across the globe and, and other countries, it's different. It's different. I can't speak to those, but I, there is education around it. Um, there are some overarching organizations that provide a lot of very good education to people who may not have gotten to school, may have not gotten school around that. And so um, it's a bit more complicated uh, um, across, across the globe, but in the United States, that's kind of how we separate it. Yeah. <clears throat> with respect to privacy for all of the things that you've seen over those 1200 hours, what were some of the things that you saw during that time that helped prepare you to work with athletes compared to other gen pop? Like just talk about that. That's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I think I, I would imagine a lot of dietitians would say like working in the clinical setting really teaches you a lot about the different diseases and condition, conditions people go through, um, through I their bet, lifespan. Yeah. And knowing the value of being able to read labs in the hospital setting and knowing the value of being able to communicate with other practitioners, doctors, respiratory therapists, um, speech language pathologists, uh, and, and being able to have that rapport and also seeing the hierarchy of um, how things are done and knowing that there are other influences as it relates to like the culture and the environment of that community and um, also um, just life and, and just kind of seeing that that progression. But yeah, I would say like the communication, the collaboration and just seeing some scary conditions and, and how nutrition can help and how sometimes the system is a little failed. Um, and, and also, um, yeah, just uh, severity of different diseases and conditions that when you go into like a sports setting, especially in combat sports, we see a lot of like um, acute dehydration. We see a lot of chronic stress, but with the acute dehydration, you see potential AKIs, which is something that you uh, come across in the clinical setting, acute kidney injuries, you know, sweating more than 2%. I don't know what the cutoff is for when you experience like an AKI, but like, um, ex you know, having like an acute kidney injury is something that I wouldn't be surprised a lot of fighters experience during that weight cut period, 24 hours before a weigh-in and uh, knowing how to rehydrate properly and knowing what to that fighter needs to rehydrate optimally in order to um, in order for them to feel like they've come back to life, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, and knowing what not to provide them that could potentially be very detrimental to their health. Knowing the difference, it, it's scary that some people are out there giving out recommendations on like certain rehydration that you're like, no, do not drink that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like there's, yeah. you see these like IV places just like right across the strip and it's like, oh yeah, come get this IV or like these yeah. just random people like, oh, slim down with me training when it's like yeah. you've gotten real – like yeah. it's terrifying, right? 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I have a lot of experience with the IV realm, although I do know that a lot of fighters go and get that, but UFC roster fighters can't because it's against, like, USADA. You can't have a certain amount of, like, IV fluid, but um, I'm not sure how it works with their new orga overarching organization. It's going to be probably more strict. Uh, but other um, promotions, I'm not sure, Bellator, PFL, it, how they do it, they do allow IV, and you have to be careful. Yeah, you really have to be careful. It's not like these IV spots No the intricacies of what a fighter goes through. Yeah, they sweat. Okay, they do an acute <laughs> sweat loss. Great. Uh, making sure that the person that's giving you the IV drip is a registered nurse or a doctor or a PA or, you know, nurse practitioner and that they've done this before and uh, and just know that this, like, their livelihood depends on it. Like, they are going to make money and they need to rehydrate properly. And I, so I only know the oral, oral route. Taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our deal we have going on right now in December. If you sign up for Fundamentals Level 1, you will get one free year at Strength Coach Network. That's right. Sign up for Fundamentals, our 20-hour long-form education course that has information on every topic in strength and conditioning that will make you a better strength coach, regardless of the field that you're in. In, not only if you're a strength coach, personal trainer, athletic trainer, physio, this is for you because all the education about progressions, regressions, motor learning, speed, agility, jumps, you name it, we have information in it. So sign up for Fundamentals, get a free year at Strength Coach Network. Click the link down below. Let's get back to the show. Technically, um, but, um, but yeah, it's scary when somebody recommends the wrong oral rehydration solutions. Scary. That's the way that, that I was thinking about it. Like, oh, it's almost like somebody working at the mattress store saying that they're a sleep expert. It's like, of course you're a sleep expert. You're going to say <laughs> that, but like, are you at like, you don't, you haven't probably studied it as much as yeah. anybody that is actually working in health and human performance. Right. Um, yeah, because like the, it can't just be a supplementation advice from you or like how, how do you handle that balance with you know supplements or food within this medical nutrition therapy world um supplements and food so yeah it's a fine balance and making sure that first of all they trust you enough to tell you all the supplements that they're taking sometimes right. you're, you, they don't tell you everything and so you want to just you know, ask them up front, okay, these are all the supplements. They tell you these are the supplements I'm taking and you say, all right, this is it. And what about any, like any kind of medication? You get that information and you start to kind of piece that together with all the other assessments, questions that you've asked them to see where, you know, where is it? What do they need? What do they maybe not need right now? What they can really supplement come maybe fight week, stuff like that. So knowing uh, just from working with fighters and and um, knowing what is important for them supplement wise and knowing that they're always sort of in a calorie deficit, it's like good information and experience to have so that you can delineate which ones are um, supplements that they should be taking, but also which ones should they just be pushing more food? And yeah, okay, every person is a little bit different with what foods they like. Maybe they don't like any fish. It's like, okay, but I know you need like omega-3s. You get hit in the head all the time. You need that. <laughs> um, so, okay, I'm going to push the supplement then heavily um, so that we're just making sure that we protect your brain. But when it comes to sometimes situations where they're just like training a lot, three times a day, six days a week, I'm like, okay, I can give you some good, like, I would say like the research is, still i think improving in this realm but like curcumin to help with like inflammation around like muscle recovery and just over overall recovery i do like to recommend that but i also like to put a heavy emphasis on like are you recovering like are you taking those recovery sessions like do you know what that means it's important to optimize your recovery side by side with your freaking training because you guys train so much that you need to recover just as much 
because I can't help you with your weight if you cannot recover. Like I, I really can only do so much. And the same thing, like if you don't train enough, and no amount of nutrition is going to fix the weight, you know, like, and so it's a bit of a fine, fine balance. So I kind of pick and choose what is what I should push for when it comes to supplements. Um, but, but there are definitely some that are essential that I think everyone should know about, like everyone should be like pushing the, you know, the strength and conditioning staff and the physio should still be emphasizing the need for omega threes to protect the brain, you know, creatine to protect the brain, that those are things that are, everyone should be, uh, you know, fostering in, in this like combat sports realm. But if you don't know anything about supplements, then go ask people who are well-versed in those, those areas. And if you feel like, you know, those supplements haven't been um, tested with your sport uh, or niche, then ask for help to implement that. Like ask them how they would implement it into their program so that you can start to see if any of these supplements do help, help your population. And so uh, I, I just like pick and choose because sometimes you don't want to push too much supplements into a fighter because they're like, I, I don't want to eat all these supplements. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, no. And I mean, not to mention the fact that anybody can overwhelm themselves with all the different choices that they have for some yeah. of like, and and then the writings about all of them, like, oh, you need this essentially to live if you want to live optimally. And then yeah. they can get kind of sucked down into that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm like a big proponent of, you know, third party tested supplements and, I'm sure like people can talk more to the, maybe they want to talk more to the cleanliness of it as it relates to like how it was grown and manufactured, whatever. But I talked to more of like the impurities and things that could potentially get into the product. And also I talked more to like the what's is what's in the bottle on the label and on the label in the bottle, like with third-party tested products, NSF informed choice. And then there's some international um, certifications, those testing companies go in and touch tests like batches to make sure that what's, you know, on the label is in the bottle. And, and that's one thing that I try to like put emphasis on when I talk to athletes and coaches and managers, uh, just to make sure like, Hey, make sure you're getting the right product. And also, um, make sure that it's been tested so that there aren't any impurities in it, that you're not getting extra like stuff that could test positive out there. And, and then if people get, go down the rabbit hole of like, is this the best kind? It's like, okay, we can go down, we can keep going to like, okay, which is the best magnesium? All right. Well, what do you want it for? And like, then we'll go down that. And then I go into, okay, well, let's see what the research says. And, oh, there's no research. Okay. I'm like, okay, let me see if I can reach out to people and see what they know about this. I go down that rabbit hole to like, make sure that I'm not recommending the wrong supplement uh, and that it's been tested.